0: Stretch your hands out toward me and just pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. I receive the prayers of the people. The Apostle Paul invited the believers in the church in Ephesus. He said, pray for me that utterance will be given unto me that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. So I receive that tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for your anointing on your word, your anointing on everything that is done in this service from this moment forward. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, you can be seated. Praise God. Go ahead and open your Bibles. It'll be a a little bit before I get there. But I have some things I want to say before we read the Scripture. But open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah chapter 10. I'm assuming that most of you were here uh, last Sunday when I spoke. And I mentioned that during the Christmas holidays, it was... Quite an ordeal that I went through. Uh, Normally, we spend the Christmas holidays up until about January the 10th. For about 40 years now, we have have spent that time in Hawaii with some of our dear friends, closest friends. We've gone on vacation together every year for over 40 years. And Hawaii is just one of my favorite places. I, I love going there. I tell people in Hawaii that I'm probably more Hawaiian than you are. You weren't even born when I first started coming here. And I've said jokingly over the years that during the millennium, I will be <clears throat> the governor of the Hawaiian Islands. One pastor friend of mine over there bought me a bowel cap and had printed on it all the islands, and on top of it, it says governor. And I want to invite all of you to come because I'll treat you right. Praise God. So we, we just, I just enjoy being in a way. Now, every morning when I'm there, I walk. I get up early in the morning, and I have a I have a beaten path, not only in Honolulu, but other islands as well. <clears throat> and uh, I, I walk this every morning, every morning, without fail. It's my time of, of fellowship with the Lord. A lot of times I, 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 I take headset and a uh, a recording of either Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne, John Osteen, some of the older messages that I first heard when I first came to the Lord back in 69. I love listening to those. And most of the time, it's usually Kenneth Hagin because his messages are all centered around the subject of faith. Okay? And I'll listen to Brother Hagan as I'm walking. And if I'm not listening, then I'm just praying in the spirit. And by the time I get back to the hotel, now I may be out an hour, hour and a half. By that time, Carolyn is ready to go to breakfast. We go down to have breakfast. But when I get back to the hotel, I write down the things the Lord has said to me during that special time with him. Okay. And, uh, We didn't get to go this year. We didn't get to go last year because of COVID. And so the same people that we normally go with, we invited them to, let's still go on vacation, just not Hawaii because the restrictions are tighter. And uh, said, well, maybe we can find a place in Florida. Well, something happened and they didn't get to come. And uh, so... Carol and I just went down <clears throat> to our river house, and we decided just to spend that time uh, just alone and enjoy that place because it's it's my it's my go-to spot. I love that place. I thank God for blessing me with it. So we were there. Now, since we didn't get to go on vacation, I had booked an appointment with a dermatologist to have all the skin cancers removed from my forehead and my face. Some were visible that I could see, other people could see, but the majority of them were under the surface. You couldn't see them. But when they put that light on me, they could see them. So I went in to have all those skin cancers removed. I had no idea what I had signed up for. That's one of the most painful things I've ever been through. And uh, they they put this acid on your face. Then they go through another process. And then they put you in front of a lamp that is this close to your forehead. And she told me, "Don't, don't lean forward, it'll burn you. I said, I'm not leaning forward. And when she turned that on, That heat that came from that lamp was so hot, it was miserable. I didn't think I could bear it. So I asked her, I said, when I'm under the lamp, and I said, how long do I have to do this? This hurts. She said, 15 minutes. I said, how long has it been? One minute. Depression almost set in one minute dear God one minute she said all I can do to kind of distract you from the pain is put on some music I said lady I don't think that'll help she said well then I'll just, I'll just stay in here and talk to you she said what do you want to talk about what do you, what do, what do you like what, well I didn't know how much of the words she knew and she had mentioned to me that her dad used to restore classic automobiles. And he he liked Corvettes. I thought, well, we have something in common. So let's talk Corvettes. She said, okay. And so she said, you have Corvettes? I said, do I have Corvettes? <laughs> and I started telling her about my collection uh, going back to 1954, the second year they were built. And so we talked about Corvette. Then she talked about a Corvette that her daddy got her when she was a young girl in high school or college or whatever. So just talking that helped pass the time. And in a little while, she said, your time is is up. I thought, wow, that that helped a lot. Now, she said, "Uh, I'm going to put you out in the uh, waiting room, and I'm going to call you back in in maybe 30 minutes or so. So I sat out there, and you really couldn't tell yet all that had taken place. Now, my face was red, but you couldn't tell yet the effects of what had taken place. So she called me back in there, and she gave me some instructions of what to do and what not to do. And she told me, she said, this is going to feel like the worst sunburn you've ever had in your life. I said, it already feels like that. How many of you remember when, when you got sunburned so bad and you just wrinkled your nose and it hurt? And uh, it hurt. Everything hurt. My hair hurt. Everything hurt. And she gave me these instructions. Now, I could show you pictures of what I look like, but it would gross you out. Okay, so I'm not going to burden you with that. But trust me, it wasn't a pretty sight. Now, I went home, went back to the river house because I can't be in public. I can't be around people. Thank God I didn't have to go anywhere. Went back to the river house and I am miserable. I'm miserable all day. I'm miserable all night. I couldn't sleep. I'm on fire. Okay. And then after about two or three days, all these scabs started forming on all those uh, skin cancers that was under the surface. And boy, I was a pitiful sight. It hurt. It hurt even looking in the mirror at what I look like. And uh, I couldn't shave. And after a while, now I'm not a heavy beard person like Justin. He can go one day and have a beard have to believe God for a beard. you know. But, you know, after you go several days, then this gray beard started showing up. And and there's a stage in growing a beard, isn't it right, Dennis? In growing a beard where it is so irritable, you want to shave it off. But if you're determined, you, know, you scratch it all the time. Now, I've already got all these scabs. My face is on fire. And now... I'm itching all over and I want to shave that beard off, but I got scabs all over me. I can't be doing that because now it'd take longer to heal with me opening up all them scabs. I'm sorry I have to describe this, <laughs> but I want, you to, I want you to get the picture here of how bad it was. Now, you'd think that was bad enough. Then I had a bout with gout. Has anybody ever had gout? Carl knows what I'm talking about. You know, you know. I wrote down, just in case you've never heard of gout or you don't know what it is. Now, the first time I got it, years ago, I went to a doctor because I didn't know what I was dealing with. It's painful, extremely painful. And I didn't know what I was dealing with. And I asked this doctor, what do you think it is? I, was, I couldn't even walk. I had to get crutches to walk in his office because it was so painful. I couldn't put my foot down. The sheets on top of my foot hurt. It's very painful. And so I asked him, I said, what do you think I'm dealing with? He said, gout. I said, gout? Only old people get gout. I'm not old enough to have gout. The only people I ever heard that had gout was like my grandparents. I wasn't their age. I said, I'm not old enough to have gout. He said, it don't make a difference how old you are. I said, well, what is it? Now, I wrote this down just so that you understand how painful this is. It's one thing to be dealing with scabs and your face is on fire and then add to it gout. It was the vacation from hell. (laughs) Back in the sixth century, it was nicknamed a rich man's disease. Because only the rich could afford the kind of food that produced or triggered it. So that's the reason they nicknamed it the rich man's disease. It causes inflammation in the joints. Particularly the big toe. And wouldn't you know, it came in the big toe I described to you this morning. The one with the ugly toenail. <laughs> that big toe swells up twice the size of your other toe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Isn't that true? And then when you got an ugly toenail on top of it, it's it's ugly. It hurts. But it didn't stop there. It got in my knee. It gets in the joints. It got in my knees. I couldn't walk. I couldn't get out of bed. And and, and everything on my body is hurting. And I couldn't, I, I laid there and tried to think, what in the world did I eat that triggered it? Because I'd had it before and found out there were certain foods I couldn't eat anymore. One of them is shrimp. That's that's not fair. That is not fair. Gout is a result of having too much uric acid in your body. And shrimp is high in uric acid dirty devil. We went to lunch today, and those beautiful shrimp on Carolyn and Carla's plate. Could I just lick one of them? You ever had shrimp at Papadose? You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I can't eat shrimp because it's it's got too much uric acid in it, and it triggers it. But I hadn't had shrimp in a long time. I quit eating shrimp a long time ago. There are other things, that certain foods that trigger it. And I, I tried to think, what in the world did I eat that triggered it this time? And I could not think of one thing. We, we, we went back every day we were there to every meal we had, and I could not think of anything that I ate that would trigger it because I'm very conscious of things that will trigger it, and I'd stay away from it. This was just an all-out attack of the devil. Then, because of all the inflammation in my toe, in my foot, and in my knees, I break out with fever blisters, cold sores. I told you this is the vacation from hell. So, I began praying. Somebody said, did it come to that? Oh yeah, it came to that. <laughs> when, when you can't walk, you can't shave, you look like you've been, I looked like I was in a hatchet fight and I was the only one that went without a hatchet. <laughs> That's my wife. It was terrible looking. So, I began praying and asking the Lord. I said, Lord, I am not a novice. I know how to walk in divine health. I know how to exercise my faith over sickness and disease. Amen. Amen. For almost 53 years, I, I I have lived relatively in divine health. It's just been a few times that I've had to deal with something like, you know, a bypass. Uh, a few years ago and then, and then that, uh, when they were cl- cleaning the artery in my neck where the blood flows from the heart to the brain, and I had a stroke as a result of it. there was only two very serious things I've ever, I've ever been through since I've been a believer, okay? So I, I know how to walk in divine health. I know how to exercise my faith. and I, I know this. John ten ten, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I know God didn't do this. God didn't make me go through this. It's the thief, Satan. He's not only trying to, Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 that, once the word is sown, Satan cometh immediately to attempt to steal the word. But not only that, he wants to steal your joy. And it was, not, it was not very joyful at the moment. I couldn't jump out of the bed and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I couldn't get out of the bed at all. And if I would have put my foot down to say, the joy, oh dear Jesus... I'd have had to sing it by faith. Okay. So I understand that the devil would like to convince us that when you get older, you just have to deal with these things. You just have to cope with it. It's part of getting older. I don't accept that. Now, I I will say, there aren't things I can't do at 75 that I could do at 55. But I'm still doing things. Amen. uh, I can still get up. It just takes me a little longer. (laughs) I can still squat down. Takes longer to get back up. I can still do push-ups. Not as many as I used to. But I'm not an invalid and I don't accept when you get to be 75 that everything starts falling apart. God did not create the body, the human body, to fall apart at 75. Now, we have to, we have to follow some natural laws as well. For instance, when you find out you can't eat shrimp anymore and you do it anyway, You're violating natural laws. Amen. Amen. So, I don't accept just because I'm 75 years old now that I have to live with certain things. Just put up with it. So, once again, I said, Lord, how do I deal with this? Now, here's what he said to me. Go to the book of James, first of all, and then we'll go to Isaiah. James chapter 5. Now, this certainly can be applied to any age. But if you're getting older, maybe you want to really pay attention. James chapter 5 and verse 16. He already says in verse 15, the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. Verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. Now that's the part I want to focus on. Pray ye one for another that ye may be healed. Now, that is what is referred to as the law of reciprocation. The law of reciprocation. And you'll see that law all over the Bible. Jesus taught about that law. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, if you want people being kind to you, then you be kind to people. If you want people blessing you, then bless people. Amen. I I learned this way back there when I first started traveling and uh, around the country and Carolyn and the girls would go with me and the daughters were very little. And and, uh, I would would see little kids in the service. And I didn't have a lot of money then, but I would always try to plant a seed in them. I might give them $5. Eventually, I'd, I'd raise it up to $20. And I would say to them, Now, I have two daughters, and I'm sowing this seed into you so that people will sow into my daughters. Uh, The law of reciprocation. And then it got to the place where a lot of places that I went, uh, people would say, Would you give this to your daughters? They're reciprocating. I'm applying the law of reciprocation. I remember one time in Charlotte, North Carolina, I had rented the convention center, and the hotel that we were staying in was right across the street from it, but it was connected to the convention center by a, a tunnel, a glass tunnel overlooking the highway or the street down below. And we were in that convention center. And my crusade coordinator knocked on my door and said, Brother Jerry, it's time to go to the service. So we had to walk through that tunnel, and it was all glass. You could look down at the traffic on both sides before he got into that convention center. So we got in that tunnel and there was a, a, a little a black boy about this tall standing there with his forehead up against that glass looking down at the traffic. He was the best looking little guy I believe I'd ever seen in my life. He had on this beautiful suit and he was one sharp little guy. And he looking down there I said, "Uh, son, uh, where are your parents? He said, he never looked up. He said, they're in there. I said, what are you doing out here by yourself? He said, I'm waiting on Jerry Savelle. They told me he comes in here. I said, well, who do you think you're talking to? He looked at me and said, you Jerry Savelle. I said, well, Come on and walk in with me because I don't want you staying out here by yourself. And you tell me who your parents are so that I can I can take you to them. So he walked in there with me, held my hand, walked in there with me and he pointed out his parents. And and uh, they saw me holding his hand and they came over and I said, this is one fine looking young man. I said, what's your name? He told me and I said, well, I want to bless you. And I handed him a twenty dollar bill. Okay. Oh, his eyes lit up, you know. Well, the next night, I come walking through that tunnel. And there he was with 20 of his cousins. This time, he wasn't looking down. He looking, watching that door open. When he saw me, he said, there, Jerry Savelle. He's my main man. He my main man. And they all had their hands out. <laughs> God blessed every one of them, you know? But doing that brought blessings to my children. Amen. God's blessed my children in various ways uh, throughout the years. And, and, And people, a lot of times, we didn't even know. Okay? So that's the law of reciprocation. Give and it shall be given unto you. That's the law of reciprocation. Forgive that you might be forgiven. That's the law of reciprocation. Now, notice here in the book of James, it says, pray one for another that you may be healed. Now, here's what the Lord said to me. When I said, Lord, what's going on here? I know you didn't miss it. I'm missing it somewhere. Tell me, correct me, and I'll do what you say. And here's what he said. For you to stay well. Then you must, from this moment on, preach and teach more on healing. Now, it's not that I haven't preached on healing, I've prayed for the sick all over the world. We've seen miracles all over the world. But I'm not, I haven't been focusing on it like I used to. Every meeting I did years ago, I never dismissed without praying for the sick. Now, when you go on television and you're filming the, the service and you got to get a certain amount of town time in so you can make at least two programs out of every service, you become conscious of time. And then you just say, come on back tomorrow night. And, and you don't minister to the sick like you used to. So the Lord said to me this, for you to stay well, for me to stay well, preach and teach more on healing from this moment forward. Spend more time praying for others that need healing. It's not that I hadn't been doing that at all. I just wasn't doing it enough. Are you still here? Is this making sense to you? I wasn't doing it enough. He said, For in my word, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, I said, pray one for another that ye might be healed. Don't ever stop praying for others. That's one of the primary ways that you will stay well and enjoy divine health for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Well, I got my I got my marching orders i got my instructions from heaven. So, from this night forward, I will preach and teach more on healing and pray for the sick. And not just in a service. In fact, I've got a letter here from one of my partners. A very faithful partner. And, And he has a daughter that is not able to eat or drink due to the illness she's experiencing. She's a little bit better, but the situation has flared up on occasion. It causes pain, and she's constantly losing weight. And he's asked us to pray. Okay? Now, I'm not in the city where he lives. I I can't get my hands on his daughter, but I can lay my hands on this letter. There's no distance in time in prayer. And I have I have carried this around and I've been praying for her. Amen. Because the Bible says, pray ye one for another that ye might be healed. So at the same time I'm praying for her healing, I'm believing that I will walk in divine health. What I pray for her is going to come back on me. Hallelujah. Folks, we need to start praying one for another more. Don't 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 slough off when somebody says, "Could you pray for me? I, I need healing in my body." God bless you, and go on. No, the next part of that verse says, "The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much." Now, be honest with me. If you were sick or you were suffering from some kind of disease, would you want the people that's praying for you to just pray, bless them, Lord? Or would you want them to enter into what the Bible calls fervent prayer? That's prayer that won't give up. Amen? That's prayer that won't give up. That That's prayer that is more than just, uh, bless them, Lord, help them, Lord, and then move on fervent prayer hallelujah everybody still here the passion translation says it this way pray one for another to be instantly healed wow pray one for another to be instantly healed now I like healing whether it comes instantly or it takes wet days or weeks But but instantly is better like the guy who said, I have been rich, I have been poor. Rich is better. I've been healed over a period of time, and I've also experienced instant healing. Yes. Instant healing is better. Yes. Boy, I wish I'd have been instantly healed back during the Christmas holidays with all that stuff I was talking about that I was going through. Okay? So pray one for another to be instantly healed For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly person. I'll say that again. uh, uh, Tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly person. Amen. So, how many of you in here tonight would like to enjoy better health? Or. Even better, how'd you like to live in divine health? Amen. So James tells us also in James chapter 1 verse 22 that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So I'm sharing with you as the apostle of this congregation what the Lord said to me that will cause me and you to live in better health. But you can hear it. Or you can hear it and do it. Amen. Hear it and do it. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm a doer of the word. Okay. Now, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that... His burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Everybody say this with me. The anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Say it again. The anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Now, a yoke here represents or is symbolic of oppressive power. And we know that is referring to the devil. Notice carefully that the anointing has the ability not to just remove the burden, but destroy. Not just remove the yoke, but destroy. The Lord corrected me. I was doing a meeting years ago in Pasadena, California in the convention center. And I, my, my sermon title for three nights was The Anointing Breaks the Yoke. Yes. And the last night the Lord said, you're quoting it wrong. The anointing does not break the yoke. I'd heard that ever since I came to the Lord. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. He said, you're quoting that wrong. The anointing does not break the yoke. Anything that can be broken can be repaired. He said the anointing destroys the yoke. There's a difference in breaking the yoke and destroying the yoke. When you destroy the yoke, it's not likely to come back. Amen. But if you just break it, there's potential of it coming back. It can be repaired, so to speak. So the anointing destroys the yoke. Can you say amen? amen? Now, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So he's saying, it's not by man's might, nor by man's power, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the anointing, that the works of Satan are destroyed. Only through the anointing. Amen. Amen. Now, if you study your Bible carefully, you're going to find out that the words spirit, power, and anointing are symbolic. They're interchangeable. You talk about the Holy Spirit. You're talking about the power of God. You talk about the power of God. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. You're talking about the anointing of God. You talk about the anointing of God. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. You're talking about the anointing. Talk about the anointing. You're talking about the power. They're interchangeable. Keep that in mind when you read and see The Holy Spirit mentioned, the power of the Lord mentioned, and the anointing. Now, in Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, preaching in the synagogue where he grew up, the Bible says he took the book from the rabbi, and it says, and he found the place. We're talking about a scroll. He found the place where it was written. In other words... He was deliberately looking for something that Isaiah said and he, and he turned the pages of the scroll, so to speak and found it. And then he quoted it And it says in verse 18, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me." Now what, he's, what, he's, what he deliberately found was a scripture or a prophetic utterance, From Isaiah that applied to himself. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now look at these examples. Of what the anointing is capable of doing. Amen. Look at those examples again. What the anointing is capable of doing. Now, let's look at something that Jesus said that's very important to us all. John chapter 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Amen. Are there any believers in the house? So, what is he saying? That you and I have access to the same anointing that was on him. Now religious people don't believe that. But it's Bible. I'm not in any way saying I'm the Jesus of our generation. No, but he abides in me. He abides in you if you've invited him to be your savior. And that same anointing that he operated in, if he's in you, it came with him. It's in there. It may be lying dormant, but it's in there. Maybe you're not taking advantage of it, or you're not uh, applying it or using it, but it's in there. John said, "The the anointing abideth within us. Are you still here? Now, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Notice the Holy Ghost and power, they're inseparable. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Lift that other hand and say, oh yes, amen. Aren't you glad you're filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, that also means you're filled with power. You're filled with power. You're filled with the anointing. What kind of anointing? That anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Amen. It's in us. It's on us. Are we using it? Now in Acts chapter 2 and verse 43, looking at examples of the early church, applying that power, that anointing through the Holy Spirit. It says, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. The Amplified says, through the apostles. God was working with them. God was working through them. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And how did they do that? How did they give witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? Well, T.L. Osborne used to say in every crusade, If Jesus is indeed alive today, then let him do tonight what he did before they crucified him. And boy, the miracles would spread through the audience. If Jesus is indeed alive today, then let him do what he did before they crucified him. Amen. That's giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now chapter 5 verse 12 and by the hands of the apostles were signs and wonders wrought among the people now that was just one of the ways that the anointing the power of the Holy Spirit was released in the early church by the hands of the apostles but that's just one way don't you never say it's just one way Notice in this verse, in particular, that we, we, we see that by the hands of the apostles that signs and wonders and miracles were wrought. But notice 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. The Amplified Bible says, distinctive varieties of operation, of working to accomplish things. Amen. In other words, these gifts of the Spirit are given For the purpose of achieving something. Can you see that? And if you'll notice in verse 9, it says gifts of healing, plural. In other words, there's more than one way to administer healing to people. And there's more than one way to receive healing. Stay with me now. For instance, Ma- Matthew chapter fourteen, verses thirty-four through thirty-six. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Genesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, speaking of Jesus, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. Now listen to this, and he and and he sought and they sought. Him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. And notice it does not mention him laying hands on one person. It said they just wanted to touch his clothes. And as many as touched his clothes were made perfectly whole. So this is an example of one of the ways that the gifts of healing is administered to people. Can you say amen? amen? In the example in Mark chapter 5 with a little woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I can but touch his clothes, I shall be healed. Notice in that story, he did not touch her as he did in other situations. There were times he laid his hands on people and they were healed. There were times when he just spoke the word and they were healed. There were times when people touched him and they were healed. There were times when they just touched his clothes and they were healed. Can you say amen? Amen. Different administrations, different operations in how to receive healing from God. Now, in Acts chapter 19, go there with me. Acts chapter 19. And look at verse 11. I'm endeavoring to teach you as an apostle tonight. And God wrought, verse 11, special miracles by the hands of Paul. So we know that one of the ways that Paul administered healing and miracles were wrought was when he laid his hands on people. Special miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul. But notice that's not the only way that Paul ministered to the sick. It says in the next verse, verse 12, So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, I want to read something to you regarding that, that I I found in a commentary. Handkerchiefs and aprons became the conductor for releasing God's healing power. Okay? There's no virtue in a handkerchief. If you had a bad cold and you blew your nose in your handkerchief, did you get instantly healed? There's no virtue in a handkerchief. Unless... It happens to be touching someone who is anointed. <laughs> then it's capable of becoming a carrier of the anointed. Okay? Some theologians say about this verse. I'm just, I'm just telling you what this commentary said. Some theologians say that these handkerchiefs and aprons or cloths belonged to the sick and were brought to Paul And he wore them as he preached. Now, other theologians say they were pieces of linen that were used to wipe the sweat from his brow and his face as he preached. And the aprons were sashes that were worn around his waist as he preached. Either way, one thing is for sure whether they were brought to him and he wore them as he preached, or if they were uh, attached to his body in some way, or if people brought them up for him to pray over, either way, those cloths and handkerchiefs became storage batteries for the anointing. They became vessels of the anointing. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, now. The Amplified Bible says that these handkerchiefs or cloths had touched his skin. Touched his skin. Now, Obviously, he could have had a robe on. He could have had some kind of apparel on. But wherever those body, those pieces of cloth and handkerchiefs were attached to his body, that that he was wearing was just that much difference between that piece of cloth and the anointing of God. I, I remember when Carolyn was with me. Carolyn, you remember we were in Miami in a in a meeting where we were been there for three or four nights. And the anointing God was so strong in that meeting. And one night, I mean we had miracles every night. And one night the Lord told me to take my sport coat off and swing it over my head and just throw it as far as I could throw it out in the audience. And every person that it touched began to shout, I'm healed. And they just kept passing it throughout the auditorium. They passed it everywhere. Finally, the pastor got up and grabbed me and said, you ain't getting this back. I'm taking it home with me. And he did. I never got that coat back. That coat was on me. I wore it throughout the night. And the anointing that was on me and operating in me, that coat became a storage battery of that anointing. Hallelujah. This may sound strange to some people, but it's all in the Bible. Now, I have a pair of Oral Roberts shoes. I, I started to bring them the night I didn't. But I have a pair of Oral Roberts shoes that he wore when he preached. One of the pairs that he wore. And his son, Richard, gave them to me. And a lot of times, I will carry them with me on trips. And while I'm preparing for the service for that night, I will put those shoes on and walk around in the hotel room praying in the spirit. Now, his feet was a whole lot bigger than mine. So I had to stuff socks in the end of them just so they won't fall off while I'm walking. And I say, Lord, the handkerchiefs and the clothing that was taken from Paul's body Carried his anointing. And whomever they touched. They were healed and they were delivered. Lord. Old Roberts wore these shoes. He preached in these shoes. It's quite possible that anointing is still in them. Let me experience that same anointing tonight as I pray for the people. Amen sometimes it just gets so rich in my room with the presence of God. I mean, I can hardly wait to get out there. Now, Eric sent me a text the other day. You were down in Florida, I think. He and Nikki, And he sent me a text. He said, Brother Jerry, would you give me something that you wore or have worn? He wanted to apply the same principle. So I gave him a tie that I wore many, many times back in the 70s. You mean you still have that tie? Yeah. You just hold on to it. It'll come back in style. (laughs) But the reason I I kept this one in particular is because I wore it. I remember where I had this tie on in many of the miracle services I had. In fact, it's, it's on me in one of the pictures of Carolyn and I. That was taken about 1979. And I had on that tie. So I went through and looked through all my ties. And I found that. And I was kind of surprised I still had it. Because I haven't worn it in years. And I gave that to him. Now, there's no virtue in a tie. There's no virtue in shoes. Unless it was worn by somebody who carries the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can, you can draw from that. Well, it's not likely I'll ever have any Royal Robert's shoes. Well, no, that's not likely. But you don't have to have that. But you know, you might could get a prayer cloth off of somebody that's anointed and carry that around with you. You remember the story of, of these enemy forces coming against the God's people, and, and they had the body of a dead man, and they took off running, and they threw it in the sepulcher of the prophet, and the man was raised from the dead. When his, when his dead body hit the prophet's bones, the anointing was still in the bones, and the man was raised from the dead. Don't you know that was a sight? These Israelites are running for their dear life, and the dead man passes them up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's always a, a funny story to me. Amen. So from his body were taken, from his body were brought, and other translations say, were taken from his body these handkerchiefs and aprons, and on whomever they were laid has left them and evil spirits left them. Amen. We, we've had that happen all over the world. Joe and I take prayer cloths nearly everywhere we go. Sometimes we, 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 we use them. Uh, if I can't lay hands on everybody or he can't lay hands on everybody, we'll tell them just come get a prayer cloth. Come get one of these prayer cloths. And usually we have prayed over them before we go to the service. Or we pray for them during the service, over them during the service. And we have all kinds of testimonies of miraculous healings that have taken place. Once again, the virtue is not in the cloth. Where the virtue comes is your faith in the principle, praise God. Can you say amen? All right now. I have been carrying around all night prayer clothes. There are about 300 prayer clothes here. I just took them from my little body. The anointing of God is on them. I'm applying the same principle that we just read about in the book of Acts. Now, sometimes uh, the crowds are such where you can't lay hands on everybody. But they can take a prayer cloth. And tonight, uh, my instructions were not to teach about the laying on of hands. We are going to talk about that in one of these upcoming meetings. One of these apostolic services. My instructions were to... Pray over these prayer claws, carry them with me while I taught, and invite you, if you need healing in your body, to take one with you and mix your faith. Amen. amen. Mix your faith with the principle. Can you say amen? amen. Now, Joyce, you, you normally handle the prayer request, so this is Rod's letter. And I want you to be sure. And I know normally he doesn't want us to write to him and all that. But just let him know that I've carried these prayer claws with me in this Sunday night service. And I'm believing for the anointing of God when he lays that on his daughter that she is going to be healed. She is going to receive a miracle, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm doing my part. Teaching and preaching more on healing and praying for people. Now, I'm going to lay these on these tables. And the last time we did this, a few people took them all. And a lot of people didn't get any because we didn't bring enough. But I'm asking you, if you want one of the prayer clause then come up and get one. One. If you want others after everybody has gotten one, then you can come up and get more. But be considerate that there might be other people that want more than one. Don't just grab all of them. We want everybody well. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad God has given us various ways to administer healing, not limited to one way. Can you say amen? amen. And remember now, the, real, the, 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 the thing I want to have you take home with you in the lesson is if you want to live well, Start praying more for other people to be well. Don't just slough it off. Don't just don't just pray a religious prayer. Pray fervently. Amen. Pray fervently. Pray ye one for another that ye might be healed. Glory to God. Now, all of you that, that need healing in your body in this service right now, would you raise your hand and just keep it up? Now, look. That's probably at least 50% or more. So Justin, come and join me as pastor. Joe, come and join me as my associate minister. Eric, come and join me. Hallelujah. Let's stretch our hands. Keep your hands up, y'all, that needed healing. Y'all, that needed healing. <laughs> okay. We're going to stretch our hands out toward you and pray for you right now. Joe, is there any, any symptom in your body you're dealing with right now? Nothing right now. Okay. Justin, mm-hmm. anything you're believing God for? Healing? Shoulder? Shoulder? Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm doing great now, praise God. <laughs> so we're going to pray for you. And since we at this moment don't have any physical problems that we're dealing with, we're going to believe that we're going to stay that way. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray over every person that has their hand up indicating they need healing in their body. Some of them may be dealing with with minor ailments, some of them serious conditions. Some may be even incurable diseases. Whatever it might be, we see in your word that you had the ability to heal them all. No matter what they were burdened or what yoke was trying to bind them and keep them limited and restricted, your anointing destroyed it and we believe that anointing is present in this service right now, we tap into it, and as we pray for them, we apply the law of reciprocation, and I'm receiving divine healing in my body. Joe and Justin and Eric receive divine healing in their body, and we thank you for this spiritual law, the law of reciprocation. Not only that, but as they Take one of these cloths that has been on my body. And I believe I have been preaching under the anointing of God. And that anointing that is on that cloth, whomever it might touch, I'm believing for healing and deliverance and freedom and restoration and miracles if necessary. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And come on, give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, stand on your feet and continue to rejoice. Continue to rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise and worship opens the door to the miraculous. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now say this with me. In the name of Jesus, I receive the word tonight. I receive the apostolic anointing that was on Brother Jerry and that was in this service. I'm taking something home with me that the devil will never be able to steal from me. And I thank God for it. And, God. and give the Lord another shout of praise. All right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to direct them about how to come and be sure to take one prayer cloth, and then when everybody's got one, if there's some left over and you want another, feel free to come and get another. And practice the principle. Amen. Put it on somebody that needs healing. Amen. Put it on yourself. Thank you. Carry it around with you. I've had people uh, pin them to their clothes. Come in the service the next night with it pinned on their collar. We've had people put them in pillowcases where they have a sick relative, a sick child or something, and, and experience the healing power of God. Amen. The principle is biblical. Thank you. Receive it. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You receive this word tonight. You know, I'm just I'm reminded of um, just a Dr. Saul, I remember the story that you told about the young child that was I think they were like they were older, but um, but they were still like a little child. And Dr. Zell actually carried them and preached. For how many days did you do that? Services of the meeting I was doing down in Georgia. Yeah. And this little girl was probably, I don't know, close to fourteen, but she she acted like she's four or five. Yeah. She never developed mentally. She never developed physically. And uh, they'd bring her to the service every night, and they'd have to hold her, and uh, she would just moan and groan and just. Uh, like this loud and it was disturbing while I was preaching and the last uh, the next to the last night the Lord told me to ask the parents if I would be allowed to carry her while I preached so they said yes and I took her in my arms And and of course she was not fully developed but you know she was heavy and Hard to carry while I preached. Not only that, but she did all this while I was preaching. And the stench, she, she drooled, and the stench from that was almost unbearable. She urinated on my suit. That didn't smell good. And then the stench from the saliva that she was bitten up. In the natural... I wanted to put her down and get in the car and go to the hotel. But I was being obedient to the Lord. And when I gave her back to her parents, you couldn't see one change. When they held her, she did the same thing. But they took her home that night. And the next morning in the morning service, I'm sitting on the platform with the pastor. I'm looking down at my notes. And I looked up and here comes that mom and dad. With that little girl walking on her own. And of course, when I saw her, I asked them to come up and give the testimony. And they said they took her home that night after the service, and and they they put her in like a baby bed in a crib because they were concerned that she would get out and fall and hurt herself and all. So they put her in the bed and and raised the sides up to that crib and they turned the lights out and went to bed but a couple hours later they heard this noise they jumped up turned the lights on in their bedroom ran in her bedroom next door turned the lights on and she wasn't in bed they walked down the hall and she's sitting in the floor and looked up and for the first time in her life said mama I'm hungry and they sat on the floor and fed her cereal and then watched her get up and walk to her own bed. Not a baby bed, but a regular bed. And brought her to the service the next day to give the testimony. Hallelujah. See, the anointing that was on me got in her. Hallelujah. That's not the only time I've experienced that. I've experienced that several times. Not just like that, but several times. Hallelujah. So thank God for the Bible. (laughs) Thank God. You know what I I see in all these diversities of operations? God will go to any length to do anything to get you well. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.